welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Today, we're continuing our Menopause Across the Globe series. Hands up if you've totally been enjoying this. I definitely have. It has really expanded my knowledge, and really, I find this so fascinating. Today, we're taking a trip to Brazil, so stick around. First, we have a word from our sponsor. Could a vaginal and vulvar moisturizer help you? Many women experience vaginal dryness without having a name for it. They feel tightness, pain, burning, or itching, and don't know why. Femphormas products are formulated to ease your vaginal and vulvar dryness. These non-prescription products offer intense hydration with ingredients such as hyaluronic acid and vitamin E. They're made without hormones and are safe to use on the daily. Check out Femphorma's short quiz to help you determine if an intimate skin moisturizer is right for you. Go to Femphorma.com and click take the quiz. That link again is F-E-M-M-E-P-H-A-R-M-A.com and take their quiz to find out. It only takes two minutes and could put you on the path to relief. Thank you Femphorma for sponsoring today's podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Today I'm so excited. I have my good friend Semara. Did I say it correctly? Perfectly. Yeah, we're, we were just practicing my Brazilian accent beforehand. Um, and we've worked so hard on getting this show together for you guys. She is a uh, psychologist and psychotherapist um, and has, a, we've brought her on the show because she has a lot of experience in um treating uh, women in Brazil. She has her master's and a behavioral degree from Harvard. So we are a colleagues in that way and did some training there. She is the creator of the Menopause Diary, which is a wonderful Instagram account. It is in Portuguese, by the way, but you can always hit the translate button and I will link her Instagram account in the link in the description bar below. And she is continuing with us in our Menopause Across the Globe series. It's been so much fun to do. I know we've hopped around from show to show, um, but we're back. So welcome. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Heather. It's such a pleasure to be here, and you are a huge inspiration to my work. It's so important to bring information, you know, in scientific data information to our, uh, our followers and really spread the word. I'm yeah. very happy to be here. Well, thank you, but I cannot do it alone. And I think that's what's been so fun when I started my like little social media account like three or four years ago is to have gained so many friends and colleagues across the globe. Mm -hmm. Like it's actually really amazing, not to mention the women that we meet and we get to hear their experiences, but as well as connecting with each other. Yeah, this connection, it's really powerful because we can, it's one of the things I, really believe brings value to my work in Brazil is to have this opportunity to network with amazing doctors like you yourself and in UK that UK has an amazing work they are ahead of us on the curve <laughs> Three, uh, uh -huh. educating doctors and we have in Brazil such a long way to go on it in regards to 
menopause. Well, tell us. So tell me, start with um, what got you interested in treating and understanding women in midlife and in menopause? Because people ask me this all the time. And I think, of course, it's just such a wonderful area of a woman's life. And there's so much more that needs to be done. But tell me, how did you get into midlife and menopause in particular? Well, first it started in my practice, seeing women going through so much. And it's typically, you could perceive this as issues in the relationships. And if you see statistics in Brazil, the age of divorce is around when the climate, uh, the pre-menopause starts. So it's, it intrigued me. And also when I got myself, <laughs> In, in my premenopause, and I was living at the time in the US, and the doctor just told me to, you know, that's it, you, you get fat and don't eat potato and rice, and here's some vitamin D for you. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I thought there is more to it. I see women being thriving and being wonderful in their 50s, their 60s. So I want that for myself. I always took very good care of myself and I couldn't just conform with that. Uh, you know, it's, it was just not good enough for me. So <laughs> I... I love that because I'm hoping that there is a little bit of that as the next, you know, group of women in line is heading into midlife and menopause that they look around and say, that sort of dismissive attitude is not good enough for me. And that's why we're here. Yes. But you know, one of the things I notice is that women who are connected to their bodies and connected to their purpose so they understand there is more to it but so many of the women and i can relate to the women in brazil they are struggling to raise their kids to work and in this year of a pandemic even more uh so their list if you think of the maslow pyramid they are never on the top of their list you know they're in the basic stage sometimes trying to survive so they go and they get used to the symptoms and that is when it becomes dangerous because they don't get the treatment they need and deserve mm-hmm. what kind of Uh, things were women coming to you or what kind of themes were you seeing over and over again in your Brazilian patients at midlife at menopause? The thing I see the most is that they have no clue (laughs) and and they don't know and their mothers and their grandmothers uh, went through this in silence. And I was talking another day, uh, I had a life with a psychologist, which she's wonderful. And she was saying before women just say they didn't want to have sex because, and they say, oh, they had a headache. And, but they didn't tell anybody that their vaginas were so dry. such a taboo, this subject. And another day a patient told me, you know, I'm not suffering anything from menopause. I'm great just my vagina is dry and then she was she she reached to me because she was getting a divorce 
she was so disconnected to herself and her husband and she didn't in any moment relate to that that if she had a hormonal treatment she could improve that and of course there are psychological aspects emotional aspects but you know the, we are mind and body we need to have this integration mm -hmm. oh my goodness i know i see how even very subtle aspects of menopause, like genitourinary syndrome menopause, can spill over and really, really affect a huge portion of someone's life. If sexual function is declining, a relationship is declining, divorce is on the line, that's really not a small thing. Um, but also could really mm -hmm. easily have been hopeful or perhaps perhaps you know at least discussed or at least some options provided to her and it's so hard mm -hmm. to see uh, yeah thank you for bringing this because it's so essential that we bring this information because one of the myths of menopause is that it's just the, the hot flashes and then women say i'm not having hot flash so i'm not having issues with menopause but it really uh, goes very you know from the fabric of relationships because you start getting moody and you don't understand one day i yelled at my doctor my daughter and i was like who is this woman yelling at my daughter you know mm -hmm. <laughs> and then i said i need help because I understood that was not the person I would be proud to be. So I needed help. And really I started, was a long ride until I could get a doctor who helped me. And today I, I went to, I live in Canada. So I went to a doctor in the US, told me to not eat potato and rice. <laughs> in Canada, my naturopath really helped me with vitamins, but she told me, no hormones just after you, have been one year without your period so that is also a misconception but then a doctor in brazil is really helping me and it's just mm -hmm. so wonderful <laughs> <laughs> you know i think this is a very interesting segue into talking about what you probably see a lot which is the mood and the mental health aspect mm -hmm. of going through the menopause transition and you're right we focus so much on hot flashes night sweats vaginal dryness but what about the cognitive changes what about the mood changes mm -hmm. and how important those are so what, um, in what ways do you see those affecting people's lives besides for divorce? Do you see issues with self-esteem? Do you see issues with work productivity? What are you seeing? Absolutely. And if you think, uh, Heather, of the cultural aspect in Brazil, if you, if you ask anyone in the world, talk about the Brazilian women, you say, oh, they're gorgeous, right? <laughs> and they are <laughs> and they have this mojo and this energy and it's just something that is natural but culturally we really uh, value youth so to go to grow older in a culture that really values youth is a difficult thing so many women and i notice on my instagram account there's like oh it's so important but i'm not there yet <laughs> and you know, by the, their age, they are there. 
it's just like no no when i get older <laughs> but you know i'm learning just to to know what's going on <laughs> to be prepared and which is great too <laughs> and if you think i was reading this book uh is uh, the 50 the greatest sex starts at 50 something like that i can send you the link later yeah and there is study uh, the cultural aspects of menopause and how the french women uh uh grows older with grace uh-huh in in brazil we have many women going through that it's amazing uh, you can see very inspirational powerful women and but also you see some women really trying to still young forever and going through plastic surgery so it's, this really has an impact on their emotional and their self-esteem and it's okay that to grow older it's just if you can honor you know every wrinkle every experience you had and really find our power in this age Mm -hmm. age let's say mm -hmm. yeah that's really really quite interesting i in terms of in terms of hormone therapy actually i'm wondering mm -hmm. is it popular in brazil because it it you know certainly i want to be cautious to not say it's anti-aging necessarily but certainly you know heck estrogen does help with hair skin nails collagen i tell all my patients that you know what is their perception on hormone therapy i'm interested is it well perceived do they start early or is there still myths and fears about it and so we go more to the aesthetics of uh, plastic surgery or extensions mm -hmm. or etc or is it both i don't know i'd love to know you know this is so interesting because brazil is like two countries <laughs> it's uh, the the uh, socioeconomic dichotomy it's so intense that you can talk with women and they have the best treatment like i'm telling you my doctor is brazilian right but you know you have to have the means to pay for his <laughs> consultation ah. he's amazing he treats some of the best you know actress in brazil and they are like wonderful and mm -hmm. you have that you also have another portion of the population that has uh, to go through the public health service and let me just uh, set straight that I really think it's a great thing. Brazil has a public health service and it works wonders. We have some professionals who give their heart and soul and blood you know, to make it work in such a difficult political scene in Brazil. But uh, you know, you have some professionals who are so wonderful but you have others that are just doing their job with the limits that they have in the public service. Uh, so some women go to the doctor and they just, gynecologist, I had a patient who had a, a complete hysterectomy. So she was in, in menopause right away and her gynecologist, oh, said no i'm not gonna give you hormones it's gonna give you cancer <laughs> so she oh. had to go yes and she needs we know she needs that yes so she went to the uh, endocrinologist and he gave her the meds so 
Mm -hmm. You can find the best. It's, it's like a lucky. <laughs> you can find the best doctor. So what I say to my, my people in Brazil, my women in Brazil is think of, you know, that big, uh, you know, when you have all the keys and you try to open a door. And typically it's the last one or one of the last one that really opens the door. Right? Right. So I tell them, don't give up, don't give up. Let's go until we find a doctor that you can. Oh, really I like see. that message. I really <laughs> like that metaphor because you eventually get the door open, even if you have to like shove it and use a credit card, but. <laughs> you get there you're gonna get open the door but uh, typically in the movies it's when it's something scary coming to get you <laughs> like menopause yeah so like menopause would be nice to do a heels like that <laughs> to open. but uh, it's just it has been an amazing ride and women have been telling me how much the information has transformed their lives uh -huh. and this is something that really makes me you know get up every day and say you have so much more to do yes yeah 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 so it sounds like you see culturally there is a certain focus on youth which is actually so far seems fairly universal except for maybe france so i need to get a french doctor on the show and you <laughs> see that's really wonderful <laughs> <laughs> and you see this dichotomy in terms of treatment mm -hmm. um which is which also i think certainly there is some of that going on as well and um, it sounds like also, too, that the education and just getting information, that there is still some taboo about menopause, and which wraps back up into aging and just being able to share and spread information. Besides mm -hmm. for you being someone that Brazilian women are starting to recognize, does Brazil have a menopause society, an endocrine society? Do they have... Are they working on educational advancements like they are doing really great in the UK? Or what is going on there? I have been looking for them, <laughs> so, but I think I have to create it. <laughs> you know, I'm already talking with my doctor and he works on the, an international organization. So we will further discuss this on how to, to create something like that. But I want to create for professionals because I'm not a, a doctor, a, a physical, phys, physician uh, doctor. So it's important to have something that like uh, pelvic um, therapists and other, uh, you know, psychologists, other professionals also can participate on this discussion. Yeah, I think having a multidisciplinary panel is really great, but I also really think that you being a psychologist and a psychotherapist is actually so vital to what you're seeing because I think menopause is physiologic and psychologic. It's like the yin and the yang. And so I really do think that you alone and your physician could make a huge, huge impact. Mm -hmm. So I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Have <laughs> Coming from you, it's like, oh my goodness, you made my day girl. <laughs> No, it's it's so amazing because there's only so many of us and it's great now that we can form these like cross, you know, cross country and cross continent um, mm -hmm. collaborations. 
So I wanted to ask you to be taking advantage of your background. Have you seen any extreme cases of mental health, depression, suicidal thoughts, um, bipolar diagnoses? Have you seen a lot of really severe mental health come out of midlife and menopause? And if so, what does what does that lead you to think about? Yeah, you know, and uh, you also talk about the the effects on the brain, right? And if you take an electroencephalogram from uh, the brain with menopause and women, you know, not yet there, you can see the difference. So it's also physical. It's very important for us to understand that uh, the hormonal therapy can help you on that. But also uh, the diagnostic, to be correct, we have a source that says that around 66% of women who goes to a doctor and complains with symptoms of menopause get out of the, the consultation with a depression medicine. So this is very important that women understand. I have been doing some lives and trying to educate people about depression. My early years in psychology was in a public hospital that had a program that was considered one of the best in Brazil about depression. And you can see how it affects the whole family. Mm -hmm. It's not just the person, it's the whole family. And if you get the patients with a bipolar disease, then it can go uh, undiagnostic very easily, you know, and the woman just feels that she's crazy, that she should be a better person, and she's shamed, and if you think of Brené Brown's work about shame, and I think that's so valuable, has really guiding my work, is to take out the shame of the plate so women can talk about it. Mm -hmm. Another research says that 70% of women don't have to, to whom to talk about menopause. So imagine you are going through those things. Imagine it's all in your head. You don't have a connection that it's your hormones doing that, or you don't know, even don't know what is hormones. <laughs> You're not a physician. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. I try to educate them like since I'm a psychologist and I'm doing things about the body and I'm like, the connection is I'm doing what I was curious about. Mm -hmm. Like what I was embarrassed that I didn't know. <laughs> you know what really hormones do in our bodies? <laughs> Basic question. Right. You know, we teach women so much about puberty and so much about pregnancy and then poof, that's it. Mm -hmm. But I think that that is so on point. I'll have a lot of patients sitting with me in clinic and all of a sudden it will click. They were like, oh, I think that's what my mom was going through. Mm -hmm. And they think back and they think when mom was having a lot of trouble or very emotional or very depressed or, you know, stayed in a room for a couple of days and it finally hits them. That was menopause because I'm going through the same thing. And when they realize that this mood plays a big role or the hormones actually right, play a big role in the mood, it, you see their brain starting to make connections and starting to feel some relief um, that this is not just them being crazy all of a sudden. And, I, and, I, and we, we've got to stop labeling women as crazy. Yeah. And it's 
freedom when you realize and sometimes you just sit with the, the patient and you start understanding this this that you say is gold when we understand the mother was not crazy was not trying to sabotage you she was just trying to survive trying to and survive and if you think and today you have so much information that our mothers didn't have. My mother was in menopause when I was in puberty. So imagine the shock the <laughs> of four moms in the same household. And that's something I can't wait for, for May because we are creating something amazing for uh, work with the relationship mothers and daughters. Yeah. So many relationships and families that were ruined because women don't understand each other. Yeah. Uh, the New York Times in December, I think it was December 5th, I don't want to get the date wrong, but uh, had a, a whole uh, article about how women knew, noticed their mom, never thought about it, that their mom had menopause. <laughs> they got there. I know. Now they look back and when it's them, they think, oh yeah, actually I do think I know, but no one ever said that's what it was or no one ever talked about it. It's just, yeah, that was a great documentary and in the New York Times. I'll link that in the description bar if anyone's interested, if you haven't seen it. Isn't that, it's amazing because then you can say you are not alone. You are not alone. I think that's exactly the right message. Well, it was so great learning a little bit about menopause, the midlife transition, aging in our Brazilian women, and to have you sort of be an ambassador to teach us a little bit about that. <laughs> We're so thankful to have you doing what you do on social media. Remember, please follow her, The Menopause Diary, on Instagram. I'm going to link it in the description. So scroll down to the bottom of this podcast. You can check her out there. Thank Thank you so much. Any last thoughts or anything else that you want to leave the listeners with today? <laughs> I'm just so thankful and honored to be here. And your work is so important, Heather. And Thanks. I'm so proud to see you go, you know, spreading this uh, important information. So, so thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to call so many of you my friends and we will meet in real life IRL very soon. Yeah. We all hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. I miss Boston all dearly. <laughs> I got a new spare bedroom and then when it's my turn, you can take me to Brazil so I don't have to go by myself. Yeah, we have to do that international event we were telling, talking about in Brazil. <laughs> That's it, girl. <laughs> That's it. I've got it all planned. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you like it, please give it a star or a few reviews. You can drop your comments on in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And I will see you again next week. Bye, everyone.